Hey, it's Constance of the Sovereign Mother Goddess podcast. Today we have a guest on who I've watched every single TikTok video of, which have a wealth of knowledge for you to help increase the health of your family. So we have Sam from Raven and Reishi. Sam is a registered nurse, an entrepreneur, a nutritional life coach, freedom fighter, and homeschool mother of two dedicated to helping women and their families become healthier and happier. We'll be going over CMOS with her, talking about her healthy coffee alternative, which I'm really excited about. It is so good. I've actually had it. And the CMOS is actually really good too. You'll have to try that. So let's dive right in. So what did you have for breakfast? Celery juice. (laughs) Yeah, I won't have breakfast until like 10 or 11. And what's your reasoning on that? It's actually what's keeping us healthy, helping our bodies get rid of the heavy metals and continue to keep our lymphatic system clear so we can stay healthy. If we don't do that over time, it kind of like the toxins of the world seem to affect us because we're genetically weak in some areas like our kidneys and stuff. We juice every morning. They do their lemon water and then they do their celery, but they wait 30 minutes in between. And then after that, so it's like an hour of being awake with no food and then I let them eat and they actually aren't even hungry until later anyway. But so they, they actually will tell you that it makes them feel good. Like my oldest, she was like, mom, where's the celery juice? It's like, I gotta have it. (laughs) Was it hard to get them into that routine? No, because they are older. I mean, when they were young and I had to do all this because that's when they were the sickest, it was hard. I had to do a lot of like talking, you know, talking to them and explaining. And even then they wouldn't do all of it or it was just a bit rough. But sure there were moments where you felt like, is this even going to happen, right? Will I be able to do this? Did you ever have those moments where you're wondering if you were ever going to be able to do this? Yeah. Like every day I question, am I doing the right thing? What is going on? You know, what am I doing wrong or what more can I do? I was always worried about them because they were so sick. And then I was working, you know, when you're away from them and they're not feeling good, it's just the worst feeling in the world. I agree. It can feel really awful to not be there. Could you tell us about what started your journey of taking back your wealth, your health with your kids? It was over eight to 10 year period where we were all kind of taking turns being chronically ill. And I just, when I, when my youngest got diagnosed with juvenile arthritis, that's when a lot of my research started. She was the first one to really get sick. But before this, My oldest had some weird hormonal problems and it's not, you know, you don't hear of that in a two-year-old. I won't share the details because it's super personal for her, but it does affect, it was affecting her, like her female organs and stuff. And it was super bizarre. So that, that initially was like, huh, a red flag. And these issues popped up during their, you know, their wellness visits and all those things they get. I'm not going to say the word, but you know, the routine of the schedule of pediatrics. And over time, it, it even in the recent years was like, oh my gosh, they were, they were affected by that. And, and then when my youngest daughter had a rheumatoid arthritis, which the doctors around here didn't really know, I just instinctively started researching for a pediatric rheumatologist and I found one in New Orleans. So I called him and like referred myself pretty much. And And it went from there. So she was diagnosed with that. Well, both of them inspired me to research more about nutrition and 
because I just grew up eating whatever I wanted and we never thought about it, but it, it explains why I had asthma all those years. But it just, in the last 10 years, it has all just slowly unfolded. And, you know, just when I'm like, I get comfortable again, back in the old toxic ways, somebody else gets sick. And when I started approaching it a lot differently, that's when things changed. Like not letting the outside world really tell me what's good for me. I was starting to listen to really paying attention to their mind, body, and spirit and what it actually needed. And along with nutrition, we did some breath work and Reiki, and that really helped as well. But to me, you can't just have one or the other. You've got to address it holistically. And, you know, the past 10 years, my whole 20s was very... It was a very stressful time. I was being reborn and unlearning everything I learned in nursing school and learning more Eastern medicine and, and holistic natural medicines. And it was, it was a lot, plus dealing with working full-time as an ICU nurse and trying to explain to everyone close to me what I was doing because I looked like a mad woman. I mean, it is what it is. I was a mom that knew what needed to be done and was very misunderstood or just not supported in some ways. But I am very thankful for the people that are in my life or that were in my life that really listened to me. And my parents were very good about that. And the healing journey, like to me, we're constantly healing in some way or another. And if you're a student of life, then that like I am, like I'm always learning. I might be healthy and in remission now, but I'm like, what else can I do to better myself and the future of my children and the world? How can I impact? To me, we're always healing in some way because we're peeling those layers, but really physical healing is like the hardest to me to navigate, especially in the world we live in. That was a long answer. Oh, no, that was a really good answer. And you reminded me of how when you first become a mom, you have a lot of people telling you what to do because they think that you want advice when you're really just trying to learn how to hear your intuition in the beginning. Yeah. And you have when you have those concerns and you go to I know there's good pediatricians out there, but I have been scarred from most doctors and just to feel like you're a burden or you're being troublesome just because you're asking questions and you're truly worried about your daughter or your child, and you approach it very calmly and nice, but they still do not, they're not receptive, they're not nurturing, they're not like compassionate. And that was even harder because I felt like I had put so much faith in the doctors for so long because that's what I knew. I felt so alone. It was rough. I can only imagine, especially as a nurse, you must have felt really let down by our health system. I'm sure previously you probably felt really confident in the system before. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was. I I can't even feather my education in that department because I know it's not what my soul is wanting me to do. I could do it and I could have more financial stability and, oh, I can have more letters behind my name. But to me, what was important back then to me is no longer important. It's all on the person, the character the drive and what that person truly is doing with their life. It's not about the title they have any longer. And what led to you becoming an ICU nurse and eventually leaving? My best friend has cystic fibrosis and she was actually my husband's cousin too. And we just grew up together having fun and all this. And she ended up being an ICU for the last time. And I don't know, she inspired me to be an ICU nurse. So, and I did that for like, 10 years and what what really led me 
to leave was just seeing all these people with so many of the same diagnosis and medications and nobody's getting better. Like they're just, their liver's failing, their kidneys are failing and they're just super sad. And I knew energetically and physically people need more help so they can prevent having to be reoccurring in ICU or anything like that. It led me to leave and I could be nasty about this, but there are other reasons why I left. I will just say corporate healthcare bedside nursing is, it's a thankless job. I've been told that many times and that's okay. I'm not looking for praise, but to feel valued would be amazing. You know, it would be nice for doctors to get punished if they yell and cuss at you or they belittle you and family members of patients, if they act that way to you. There needs to be some rules and boundaries there. Nurses were kind of hit everywhere from every direction and some worse than others. I don't know, you know, what it is, but some people get bullied and some people are actually the ones that are more praised in that environment. I was one that, you know, I just kind of did my own thing and tried to stick to my own business, but I was bullied multiple times and it was affecting my health and my family, my marriage. And I was like, you know what, in 2020, yeah, I didn't leave because of COVID, um, but it was like, I, I left right at the, right when it started, um, like a month in, um, I just had had enough. Um, and, you know, sometimes I, maybe those things happen because that's just not where I was supposed to be. And just, I quit and I never thought I would quit like that, you know? So as you were talking about your experience with ICU, I remember watching a TikTok video that you posted where nurses during COVID felt like they weren't being given what they needed to support any of the patients. So I couldn't help but think back to that. It sounds like it's an underlying problem. You're not being given the support you need, like from your own staffing, especially from above. And what you're saying earlier, too, about not having the actual like medications or anything else to give. It feels like you're just doomed to fail. I've had so many family members in ICU, and I just remember feeling like, oh, no, like you, you know what's coming. I know there's got to be someone to do it, but I, I literally could not do it anymore because I have seen what healed me. I have seen what healed one of my daughters and then my other daughter. So it's, I'm like this system that I have, this holistic healing protocol that I have works. And there's a lot out there that works, but what works for me might not work for others. But I feel like my system really helps a lot of people like it could. I have had health coaching clients, but I've never done it in depth like I have now um, because I'm like, okay, I need to use what I have and really help people because I can't just give them a diet plan and an exercise plan and, and expect them to heal. Like we're talking about being chronically inflamed. So the last thing you need to do is exercise and cut your calories. So this is, it's different. It's approaching it holistically and very natural. And back to the basics. And I forgot what we were talking about, actually. Oh, that's okay. I want you to actually go back to what you were just talking about. How if you're inflamed, the last thing that you want to do is cut calories and exercise. Could you tell us why? If you're chronically inflamed or fatigued or you have 
your body is just not balanced at this moment. And a lot of us can get there and you can get there quite easily. Even like I could do that. I did that a year and a half ago where I got really comfortable and I wasn't juicing and my body started responding to that. When you are inflamed and you've been sick for a while, the last thing you want to do is go do a HIIT exercise or anything like that. You're increasing like your lactic acid. So that's acid, more acid in your blood, in your system. And then your lymphatic system is already clogged up because you aren't doing what you need to do to clear it out. And a lot of that is like breath work, sweating, juicing on an empty stomach to get things out, flush it out. You want to flush it out of there and then flush it out of your kidneys. If you're just exercising and barely eating and you're not juicing, you're eating what you think is healthy because all the fitness models do oatmeal and eggs straight in the morning or black coffee. That's the last thing you want to do. And I've done that myself and you will feel dehydrated over time. You're, when we first wake up, we have to hydrate ourselves. We have to flush our kidneys. And the best way to do that is celery juice, fruit juice, because fruit is the most high vibrational food there is. Your cells need it. Yes, you don't want to overdo it and you don't want to drink a bunch of juice while you're eating. But back to inflammation, if your adrenal glands are insufficient and they're having issues there, why are you going to go try to take a cycling class for 45 minutes? Your body's already overloaded. It's already working so hard as is. So the best thing to do if you do have chronic inflammation is do what I just said, the celery juice on empty stomach, then the fruit juice. And in between this or while you're doing this, get in a sauna or do breath work where you're like really pushing your abdominal cavity back and forth and helping your lungs expand and get that blood circulating. Breath work is probably the easiest and it's free. You got your breath, you got your lungs, do it. It's free and you could start right now. So it gives your body time to really get back in the calm state it needs to be in, the parasympathetic, because you're in overdrive right now. Your cortisol levels are either non-existent or they're high and your body's just out of whack. And in order to really nurture that and get it back, you would have to give it a break, you know, focus on just this juicing, sweating, and nutrition for 12 weeks. And then when you are healed, then you'll be ready to add in exercise regimen. And even still, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to just start training for a half marathon. I don't even do that. You just got to listen to your body too. You will learn that over time. It's just initially dieting and exercise should be the last on the list if you're chronically ill. A couple of years ago, I sent an email out saying, girl, sit your ass down. <laughs> and and it, was, and it was this catchy thing, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's what I said. I said, do not go exercise. If you are chronically ill, you need to hydrate your cells, girl. And you need to do your breath work in the morning, preferably, you know, on the porch where the sun can hit your eyes. So you're getting your vitamin D. And I mean, what a great way to start your day. I do that almost every day. There's no other way to start your day. It's, it's truly healing. You feel like a little flower out there. You know, you got your dew, which is your juice and then the sun. You just feel amazing. And I, I feel like that's how most of us should start our days, especially us mothers or women, you know, make it ahead of time. So you have three or four days worth because it's hard to do it every day. I ran out yesterday. My daughter actually drank more than she 
normally does, which I'm not complaining. So I had some and I had to make it this morning that I made like three or four days worth now. So I won't have to do that for a couple of days. I have a citrus juicer, so they're super easy. You just cut the oranges or grapefruit in half and you literally just put it in there and it just, it drains every drop from it. Super easy to clean. That was on Amazon too. If like you're really into citrus, that would be a good investment too, because it's a lot less cleanup than the other one that I use for my celery. So that's what I do. I, I juice citrus right now because they're in season and I just store it up for a few days and that's it. Put them in mason jars. I saw the juice that you made with oranges and grapefruit. I have to try that. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I bet it is. Since we just started talking about adrenals here, I wanted to just lead into what led to you creating your own coffee. Oh my God. Okay. I still have to pinch myself because even a year or two ago, probably two years ago, I said, you will never catch me quitting coffee. I said, that's one thing that I've never quit. And I don't don't think I want to, but I was getting to where I knew like, if I was going to quit coffee, I would eventually fill it. Like, and I was filling it. I was like, this is too much. Like I would wake up and have coffee. Even after I would have lemon water and then coffee, I just would feel weird. Like your brain is frying, like it's ready to go. But then my body felt weird and not energetic. And I knew I was drinking too much. I was drinking like four cups a day and it affects your liver as well. And I'm prone to having like liver dysfunction and kidney dysfunction. So I was like, let me just make a coffee alternative that I like. I've tried a few alternative brands. One of them in particular, like I love their idea and their product, but I just can't drink turmeric. Like uh, my body hates turmeric. If I'm going to take it, I'm going to take it in a capsule or like with my sea moss, just as a spoonful, but I do not like drinking. I do not like the taste of it. So I said, I want to make something that's very root and grounding. So I have a lot of roots in mind and something to really help my liver stay healthy, help my hormones. I know the maca powder really has helped my hormone level and I feel good. I feel energetic. It does help your libido as well. So that's something if you are a busy mom and you're stressed, it's so weird. Like it gives me energy, like sustaining energy, but without feeling jittery. Like I just feel very calm on it, but I feel energized. It's strange. But my thing is I love coffee. I'm in Louisiana. We love coffee. We love fried food. I always try to find these alternatives that will, will help my lifestyle and but still make me feel like oh, I'm not missing out and I make cafe au lait with this so it's like half steamed milk and half of the herbal coffee and there you go I just I don't have to go to the coffee shop to get the cafe au lait anymore and feel jittery this way I feel good and I still get that good taste that I love so it inspired me to do that and of course I am wanting to help others get healthy and not everyone's ready for coaching And I said, how can I get products into the hands of families and mothers and parents, you know, that will really help them, but also try to help me pursue my passion in making herbal things and remedies for communities, help me fully step out of the nursing career and into something different. So that's, that's my whole like spill of why I created the coffee. So did coffee make you actually feel anxious? Because I noticed personally for myself, when I was starting to give it up um, a couple of years ago after I had my firstborn, I would be at work waitressing. And when I stopped drinking coffee on my shift, I would slow down. 
I didn't feel like I had to get everything for everyone right away. I didn't pressure the customers to have an answer right away. Like I had to like be on demand doing things a way that my inner child was used to where I had to do everything highly functioning to just be at the beck and call with the amount of energy that I needed to do everything for everyone else. Like I no longer was pushing myself. I was more aware of you're overdoing it. You can't do that much. Like, what was it for yeah. you? Was there like that anxiety when you would drink it? Yeah, almost like a shallow breathing too. And tense, like a tension in my shoulders. Like I was carrying the weight of the world. Like, ooh, impending doom too. Like, I've got to get things done. If I don't do all this right now, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> the world's going to come to an end kind of thing. Yeah, I would shallow breathe a lot. And then I would get like this weird, dull headache. And I knew that caffeine is bad, but coffee is very prone to having like mycotoxins too. So neurologically, it's probably affecting us in more ways than one. It's no telling what kind of toxins or fungus or something we come in contact with drinking it. And I know some of them do testing on their coffee beans, which is good, but I just feel like over caffeinating is terrible. And honestly feel like it's part of the programming of the matrix because it keeps you coming back for more. It keeps you highly functioning, dehydrated, almost numb. And so you're functioning and you're getting your job done for the big man, but you're not really taking care of yourself and you're not aware of what's really going on. That makes sense. Like in a depth, in depth way, you're just kind of numb and going with the flow. It keeps you in that value system too, that your value comes from when you work rather than you still have value when you rest. Reflecting now as I re-listen to this, I have to add in here how I realized too that I used to use coffee to help me to feel perky about things I didn't enjoy and that definitely relates to the numb part. Yeah, exactly. And even if you're drinking it all day, every day, even on your days off, your body's never resting. It's true and it's absolutely addicting. Yeah, I've been drinking it since I was five. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, my grandmother would make cocoa milk and we would drink it. It was mostly milk, but it had sugar and coffee. (laughs) My dad would even make me some at like 4 a.m. That's yeah, I was that child. Um, I'm a rising Virgo and this explains me so well. I'm an Aquarius, but it explains my rising sign because in fourth grade, I would make my, my dad wake me up at four to study for a test. And I'm like, and I already studied the day before and everything. I've been channeling more of that Virgo energy because I do need to be organized because that's when I feel more at ease as well. So I know having like a system helps, but also having a system that flows with your life helps. And coffee was not helping that at all. I actually did a podcast on this and people don't realize that coffee turns on your fight or flight response or your freeze response. Is there anything more you want to add about your shift from anxious to peaceful? I was very anxious all the time and took everybody's energy on. And really, when I just kind of took my health and my family's health into my own hands, and also when I started distancing myself from the environments that I no longer resonated with, that helped me feel calm. In between all that, when I was still having to be there and I had no choice at the time, doing breath work every morning. And then on my days off doing the long breath work on the porch, that really helped me just shift my perspective and give my brain a a rest, heal my nervous system. It really helped me shift from flight or fight and constantly having to do, do, do to just being, being who I am, 
healing, being a mother that is present, that will drop doing chores and just sit and laugh with her child or talk with them if they needed, not feeling like I have to do all this and then missing out on what they actually need. Even myself, if I need to be more present, then the chores are going to wait. That's something I had to learn with parenting is that once you learn self-compassion, you can give far more compassion to your kids. I think it's not only important that we learn how to slow down, but we teach our kids to slow down. I remember being in school and you have to push through everything. You push, push. And it's just, yeah, my kids are really going to have it differently in many ways, but since they're homeschooled, so it hopefully gives them those chances to really rest and plan and do things that are natural for them. I agree. And our school system is so different than some of the ones around the world. I think it's Finland that has breaks between every class that are around like 30 to 60 minutes or more. And then maybe depending on how much time you take to eat is how much time you actually get to rest or play. Are there any other reasons that you decided to homeschool? A lot. Certain things at their school or being bullied, being called names. And then they were just inflamed for so long. And it was so hard for me to pack their lunch and let them eat appropriately. And then they could only heat up twice a a week. So they couldn't really have a lot of heated foods. And by the time it heated up, they only had like five minutes to eat. (laughs) And it was just, it was a lot of things that just were like, yeah, you just need to take them out. But I just took them out in 2019. It's I wanted to take them out years and years ago, but I kind of let everyone tell me it wasn't a good idea. 2019, I took them out because I felt my oldest daughter needed it like ASAP for her mental health. I did have a teacher tell me that I was depriving them because I wouldn't let them have candy, but it, it wasn't all the time. They, those kids were getting candy every day. And if we went to a birthday party, I would let them have some candy. I wasn't depriving them. I was healing them. And there's just a disconnect from people like that and people like me that are just aware and accept the fact that what we're doing is not working. And actually, they actually got made fun of for eating the food they were eating. It made it hard on them. They experienced that for a few years. So they did learn some people will make fun of things that are unknown or unsure or they're not used to. But you've got to just keep doing what you feel good for yourself and And what they say does not mean that it is weird. It's just different. You're eating differently than most American kids. Let's just say that, you know. I love that what they're learning is to hear their body and know what makes it feel good as far as diet goes. And it's really just people are projecting when you have a different diet from them and they start to judge themselves. They rather judge you instead. Did you find as you made these parenting changes that were more aligned with you that you found more aligned parents, friends? Oh, yes. And each stage has brought a little different friendship and then some fall off. But I always try to take away something from that, from each relationship. Since 2020, I've kind of been at a standstill when it comes to relationships like friendships because I've been inward and focusing on myself more than anything outside and I actually had to process a few relationships that like some friendships that have died and died off and that was that's been hard for me I've cried and it's hard to accept but then you get to where okay you have love for that person still 
And it's mostly, I feel like, you know, they forget about me. So I'm just over here. Like once I give you my heart and soul, you know, I, I expect to stay in touch at least once a month. Hey, how are you? And those relationships that no longer met that anymore, it was hard on me. Like, what have I done? What am I doing wrong? I'm like, no, focus on what you're doing right now. And if it's not adding quality to your life, then you don't need it right now. If it's hard, if it's hard work in a relationship, if it's hard work that hard, uh, it's not worth it right now. Focus on you. And that's what I kept telling myself for the past two years. And honestly, last year, I started like connecting with just people that are a lot like me, mothers that are a lot like me. Yeah, I found, found some friends in the recent months because I've been so consistent with my healing and what I'm focusing on. Yeah, it, it really has attracted people that are a lot like-minded and but it is a roller coaster and I feel like the worst parts are over because I have what I need to stay stable I know what's important I'm not a selfish person person but if I feel like I'm suffering at all I take a step back and really just a day or two of rest for myself I'm mostly introvert and so it just a day of rest and then I feel better again listening to myself and not doing all these things for other people when they don't step up and do what I want to do even once or twice so really focusing on what it is I want to do and compromising with other people not just letting them dictate what I'm doing and where we're going and all these things and yeah I think that's about it I mean with relationships I mean it really has affected friendships over the years because I mean, you see things differently and we all do. We're all in different growth cycles and people witness my revival or my rebirth and my healing, but they were still telling me what to do and where to go and how to parent. And it's like, when will people listen to the people that actually have lived through it? The people that we need to look to are people that have been in similar situations, but have overcome them. Anyone else don't listen to them. <laughs> They aren't there yet. And then that just hinders your progress and your growth. You've added so much value with what you just said, especially the learning to listen to people who actually live the life that you want to live, that healed through that journey that you're struggling with, rather than talking to all the people that are also still victims. It's really, I feel like we get so comfortable listening to people who have the bad habits that we have because we don't have to change then to do something new that we've never done before. But it is it is definitely important that we find those people that have succeeded. Yeah, and if they've come out ahead and higher and high vibing and healed or whatever you're searching for, if they are living it, then that's someone to look up to. That's not someone to mimic, but that's someone that you should maybe listen to some of the things they're saying and then make it your own. But people that are have not thought about healing themselves, still eat junk food. You know, they get sick here and there and they don't question why, but they're telling you what you're saying is not true or you need to let loose or anything like that. They aren't there mentally where you are and spiritually where you are, because if you heal from an autoimmune disease, it is such a spiritual journey it is dark. It is lots of shadow work. You come out different, you know, you just come out different. <laughs> than you were before. What were some of the shadows that came up for you? Self-worth, of course, being heard, 
Like I felt like I never was the one to be heard. Now I feel like it's slowly getting there, but still it's not. So I'm still learning that one. Being heard and feeling confident in my word of what I'm saying. Relationships, being truthful in relationships. Me, instead of just holding back and pretending everything's okay or just people pleasing and letting other people tell me what's wrong, but I never tell them what's wrong. Like there's no reciprocation going on. That affected my relationships and my marriage too, because I wasn't comfortable just being honest about my feelings and because I felt intimidated or almost like, oh, well, maybe it's my fault. How can I look at myself? Blah, blah, blah. It's all my fault, my fault, but it's not really my fault. It's not really the other person's fault is just not being able to really tell the other person how you feel that and hoping that they're open and willing to hear it but some people aren't some people are and then one day a light switch goes off and they are willing to listen and hear you and not get upset sometimes it's not in your control but at the same time it's really good to let your guard down to really trust that these difficult conversations will have a better outcome than versus just staying silent you know that reminds me of this post in a group i was reading about how this woman wants this man to stop coming up to her while she's trying to get a moment at home and smoking and to stop giving her gifts and to stop asking her out. And her solution is to ask the group, well, is there a spell I can use to make him go away? And as I'm reading it, I'm just thinking, you just stopped accepting the gifts. You only have to do is say no. And she won't do that. And it just makes me think of Hades and Persephone and how when Persephone eats part of the the pomegranate that she's given because when you eat something from the underworld it means that you're tied to that god or any god when you accept a gift from them so why are we choosing these ties that are unaligned you can simply say no and you're allowed to say no to a gift and everything that we have that we encounter in the world is a gift if we want it something we can take or that we can choose not to yeah that is so true could you tell us all about how you chose the name of your company I love mushrooms. I love medicinal mushrooms. They have actually been a part of my healing. If you if you feel like plants talk to you or, or the fungi kingdom, I feel like they do call you to certain areas of your life. And mushrooms have been that healing for me. They actually help my adrenal glands. They help me get off coffee to where I was drinking hot chocolate more. And, and spiritually, they were there for me when I started doing the breath work and really healing spiritually right after my physical healing. Like I, I kind of did a little spiritual, but at the moment I was just focused on physical, but if I could do it all over again, you, if you address it all in one, it, I mean, it works a lot faster, <laughs> but so reishi is one of my favorite mushrooms. It's been used for centuries and in, in Asia, Chinese medicine. It's just all around good. It's good for calming. It's good for cellular and brain health, regeneration, that sort of thing. So I've been using that one for years. And then ravens, I love black birds. I love black cats and I love all those types of animals. And they're just, they seem dark, but I, I will note there are a lot of light workers and I do feel like I bring a light to it, but I'm more of a shadow worker. I help people through that and it's hard, but I felt like I was in the shadow for so long, my, almost my whole life. And to really see ravens pop up here and there during my initial healing especially when I quit ICU I was resonating a lot with them so that inspired the raven and reishi I love R&R my daughter's names are Riley and Reese so initially I had R&R wellness 
But I said, I'm going to give it a name, but still have R&R in there. So Raven and Reishi were like, yeah, I'm going to do that. (laughs) That's what inspired me to name it Raven and Reishi. Well, I absolutely love it. I love the Morgan. She's a dark goddess. And I love Odin and so many other gods and goddesses that resonate with being shadow gods and goddesses. Yeah, I love that mythology as well. People just expect like it's just dark all the time, but it's it's the darkness that leads to your light. So people need to accept that those aren't bad symbols. Those aren't bad omens. These are things to help you in your journey. I had my astrology chart read recently by a friend by Megan Mermaid. And in my chart, it showed that there was a lot of shadow work coming up as pretty much my destiny. So I absolutely love this. It's very fascinating. And as we talk about this, it makes me even think about how as a child, there's, um, it's kind of like being a shadow in itself, isn't it? Yeah, you are a shadow or you're over here minding your business. Well, you're doing what you're told and then it's never good enough or you're never really heard on what positive things you're doing. You're just heard on what you're doing wrong all the time. So there's this process that I've gone through where I'm learning from that child wound. What can I do now to make it to where I'm more heard, but in, in a powerful yet authentic way? Like I'm quiet and actually my name in Hebrew actually means the good listener. Samantha means the good listener. And I'm like, yes, this explains I am the good listener, but I've never been the good talker. And, and, and I say, I've never been the good talker. Maybe I haven't had the opportunity or I didn't have the confidence to do it, but now I feel like I'm getting there and I'm slowly improving and it feels good to break from that. You know, I was just scared to be heard too, you know, because every time I would say something, maybe it was wrong or uh, I don't know. I'm still working on that part too. It could be a past life that you had. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I was walking around Union Square and I came across a psychic and she told me how I was a prince in a past life. Well, come back to now, like years later, I do a past life regression and I go through that experience and I realize that I was a prince who was gifted a really great persuasive voice and I got all of my troops to go for my purpose, to really believe in it, and to fight for it. Well, in that fighting for it, we came to dying from famine, dying from going towards that purpose, and it just became something that I decided that war is a bad thing. I don't want war to avoid war, to avoid conflict. became something on my soul, and it's something I've been working on, is that my voice doesn't hurt other people. It's a huge thing for me to work on. I went to Toastmasters. Now you see me having this podcast now. That's part of my work towards my voice is powerful and it can bring powerful change. Just as saying words can be hurtful, so can it be hurtful for words to not go said. And it's totally understand what you're saying to that working on your inner child work stuff. What led to you opening your store? I feel like being an entrepreneur will help me make more of a difference in the world and really show my daughters like hey it takes hard work to follow your dreams but look you're so much happier when you are in your element and even yesterday I was looking to make like a new a salve or something I can make and put on the website and I was like when I sat down to look and research and just read I felt so light and free and I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. If I feel this way, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I love talking and helping people and coaching people too. I love making things too. So I felt like 
it's just my my spirits telling me follow your path and this is part of it so that's really why I love having the small business it's really helping so many things yeah and you might not feel like many people believe in it at the time that are close to you or your community but if you believe in yourself and you keep following through it it pays off and then and they they've seen that too so I wanted to talk about your product, the sea moss. Can you tell us more about it? We make it as a gel. I make it in small batches. And my favorite one is the shroom minerals. Of course, I had to add one with mushrooms and cocoa. It's actually really good. My daughter loves it. I think it's going to be the best seller. It already has been. There's cocoa. There's reishi, cordyceps mushrooms. There's local honey and sea moss. And you can take one to three tablespoons a day and it's at least 92 of the minerals your body needs. And in America, our topsoil has eroded to where we don't really have, you know, a lot of nutrient dense foods. Even the foods that are good for us are a lot less than they were in the 1950s. So we're not getting what we need. And over time, I've learned that mineral deficiencies, a lot of the times are probably the start of all of our chronic illness, along with parasites or something like that. But if we have the minerals our bodies need, and that gives it the cellular function, it gives it all the things it needs to run optimally, I feel like that will really help so many people. If I can get the raw sea moss into as many family homes as I can and really help the children heal and help the families heal, help, help their anxiety, help their bodies function better. And if you're minerally stable, if you have enough minerals in your body, you'll notice you're more calm. You're, you don't have mood swings anymore. You have regular bowel movements. You just feel more energetic. You just feel happier and you sleep better. All these things because we are meant to have minerals and we have been deprived of them for a very long time. And in order to really regenerate our cells and maybe even heal some of our DNA damage, this is what needs to happen. We need to have sea moss. You can have other minerals like drops, like straight from the ocean to me and then straight to your house. That's the best and most raw, most high vibrational, nutritional, dense supplement you can have, you know? So that's why I love sea moss so much. The one you described sounds really good, but I was actually looking at the lime one you have. Lime is good. I kind of want to add honey to it, but I wanted the lime one to be a sugar-free one just in case I have any type 1 diabetics that want to take it. So that's why I did the sea lime without honey but it would be to me it would be better with honey obviously but it still tastes good and you can put it in a smoothie and you can't really taste it the shroom mineral ones taste it tastes like a chocolate pudding in a way that sounds really good I'll have to try that one it's super good you had me hooked once you said it's easy to get kids to take it yeah and my youngest she's very weird on textures and taste but she'll take little bites here and there she's like mm, it's pretty good mama so, I mean, if it wasn't good, she would tell me, you know. And where can we find you online and what are your current offerings? I am offering free shipping. If people would message me and tell me they heard it on this podcast, then I will make a special coupon for them to maybe buy one CMOS, get one free or something. Something big that I haven't done before. So just message me. I like to be on my own website. So that's uh, www.ravenandreishi. Dot com. So you can message me on the website. I like to do more of my own website versus social media just because of all the crap that's been going on. I've been censored. I've been canceled. I am on TikTok. I've just started trying to grow it and it's actually doing pretty good. 
So I'm at on TikTok at Wonder Woman of Wellness. You can even message me on there if you would like. I'm on Rumble and Parlor and Twitter. Yeah, so that's many ways to find me. I like Instagram, but I, I've been, I lost my account and had to create a new one. And the growth is so slow that I'm more focused on TikTok right now and Facebook. I still have Facebook, but I'm not even on it very much. Awesome. I'll make sure I add all these links to the show notes so people can check you out and find all of your great products. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much to all those listening and don't forget to follow and share. And as you go about your week, whether you're at home or at work, make sure to put your hands on your heart, feel right in and come back home to yourself and make sure that you are fulfilling your own needs as well.